Hey guys, how's it going? I know it's been quite a while since our last podcast. I had to um, just kind of get things in order in terms of the podcast. Um, A lot of the issues were sound quality and we wanted to fix that before we continue to give out content. I know a lot of people were messaging me and letting me know that um, they were having a hard time hearing me. I tend to fizzle out. So um, we just wanted to get all of that in order, our sound, our microphone in order. And and now that it's back in order, thank you so much for waiting around. Um, But uh, yeah, we're going to get into today's episode. So today's episode is basically just kind of, um, just kind of a little bit of a vent, maybe a mental check to see how everybody's doing during these times. Not only do we have COVID going on and in many places in the world, um, you guys are stuck inside in quarantine, but, um, for those of you who haven't been aware of what's been going on in the news, Um, I'm sure you've all heard by now, at least, the passing of a young man by the name of George Floyd. Um, I'm not going to spend too much time on this, just because I don't want to feel like I'm redundant. I mean, you see it on... um, you see it on my personal page. So if you guys are not following me personally on Instagram, it's being Mimi underscore XOX. So you can follow me on there. Um, Or we have posted um, one picture of George Floyd. Now, just to state that we're not taking away from the others. I'm aware of Breonna Taylor. I'm also aware of um, Ahmaud Arbery. Um, it's just that I tend to post more on the Being Me because it's my personal page, whereas the A Shot of Melanin, that is the podcast page. So if you don't see it on A Shot of Melanin, chances are you'll see it more so on my personal um, account. Uh, I'm basically not going to get too much into this just because um, I have, if you haven't noticed or if I didn't get the chance to really announce it, actually, um, I've launched my blog. So um, you can find the link for that. If you go onto my Instagram, my personal Instagram page, you can find it on there. Um, so again, my Instagram page is being B E I N G Mimi, M I M I underscore X O X. Okay. So, um, I basically talk about it more so in there. And the reason why I'm not going to, um, devote too much of this time um, on the podcast is just because, like I said, I don't want to feel like I'm redundant. I don't want to feel like I'm saying the same thing. I'm repeating myself. Maybe it's good to repeat myself, but keep in mind though, on my Instagram page, I do post a lot of content on there about the black lives matter movement, about what you can do, um, to support the cause, etc. So I don't, I just kind of want to dabble my feet into it. Um, just kind of give my thoughts, my opinions on it. And then that will really be um, the podcast for today. So I don't really per se see this being a, a long podcast, maybe just a short 25, 30-minute podcast. I'm not really sure. Um, first of all, before I get into it, I just want to thank everybody, honestly, for waiting around um, while we got our sound check in order. Um, now that we're going to be able to give you better sound, of course, we're going to give you better content. 
with COVID around, I know here in Ontario, we are slowly lifting um, some of the um, restrictions up. I know that at one point we went from five, then we went down to, I believe, three, and now we're up to 10. So now we could be around a group of 10 people. So with that being opened up, I do plan to do more podcasts, have some special guests on the show. So definitely do um, stay tuned for more. Um, anyways, um, into today's podcast, um, what or where was I when I saw the news? Actually, I was scrolling through my feed when I saw the video of George. Now, I had heard about Brianna Taylor and I had heard about Amon Arbery. My assumption was, because I didn't look further into it, um, my assumption was that they were working on um, getting the people involved in the murder and, of course, bringing them to justice. Again, I didn't get the chance to spend time to research about it to see were they ever charged their killers or not. I didn't really find out until after I saw um, a George Floyd's, um, I'm going to say murder. I'm going to call it like it is. It, it's murder. Um, it wasn't until after I saw that, that's when I found out that Breonna Taylor's um, killer is still at large. Well, they're the police officers who accidentally walked into the wrong house and shot her literally to death. Um, so... Um, they are still at large. They not they have not yet even been charged or arrested and charged. Rather, um, I did hear that Ahmad Arbery, um, they have arrested and charged um, his killers, but that one was very sketchy to me. And the reason being that it was so sketchy is because why did somebody die uh, um, a certain date and then a month later? Uh, was charged. To me, it's very black and white, right? It, it should be somebody kills somebody, uh, they get arrested, and then they get charged. But why did it, why was there such a huge gap, right? So um, anyways, back to George, what I, um, what happened is I saw the video on Instagram. So I saw the pretty, what Instagram considers graphic um, a video um, of him dying and let me tell you, it really hit different. You know, as a mother, I could only picture, you know, it hurt because at the end of it, not only is he grasping for air, he's calling out for his mom. And I'm telling you, as a mother, the tears came. Like, it, I just couldn't even stop it. It just kept going. So, um, I mean, I was, when the video came out, I'm not going to lie, I just felt tired. Honestly, a lot of people may have seen the hashtag sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I think that was the sentiment for a lot of us. We were just so tired of this repeated narrative. And it was just the point where we're like, enough is enough. Um, to see the results of what has come out of it, I've seen people really and truly open up their eyes and notice that there is a problem in terms of race relations in America. And and keep in mind, you know, I'm not just talking about America because let me just tell you something right now. You're going to find racism all over the world. Wherever black people are a minority, you're going to find it there, right? So I live in Canada. A lot of people think, oh, Canada doesn't have racism. It's so funny because I was talking to an American friend and 
she's not too fond of her president. And I guess the rest of the world isn't really too fond of him either. But she uh, approached me and she said, hey, I'm thinking about moving to Canada. And I just kind of wanted to let her know, just just so you know, we are not 100% squeaky clean too. Right? I will say that it is a lot better than the States, but Canada has its own um, forms of racism. And yes, we do have things like racially profiling. I can't speak about all of Canada. I can only speak about the two places that I've ever lived. So that's Montreal and Toronto. And um, I see it on the news. I see videos of it, both Montreal and Toronto. And it was just kind of odd for me to hear that the two politicians in both provinces kind of dismissed the idea of racism ever really being around, which was kind of wild to me because um, there are videos about it. There are people writing about it. So um, I just kind of find either they're in La La Land or they don't, they really don't see it. And if they really don't see it, I think I would definitely encourage them to um, read up about it or get people's experiences about it because it's very much a real thing and it's very much an issue. And when people just, you know, at this, to me, it just makes it sound like they're choosing to not acknowledge a problem. They're choosing to be kind of like blind about it. Um, anyways, about uh, George, so I saw the video and I was just kind of tired and it was a heavy, heavy couple of days. It was really heavy, um, you know, just trying to get back into that mental state. Already we've got COVID, okay? I'm stuck in the house <laughs> with two kids. Already we've got COVID. You know, uh, my daughter is starting to feel a little bit restless. She can't go out. Already I'm feeling restless on that too. We are very limited on what we can do. So we got that. And now we have to deal with this um, This situation. So I will definitely say a lot of us were going through, I want to say almost like the, almost the seven stages of grief minus, uh, I think the seventh one is acceptance because I know that we will never accept it, but I did go through a lot of emotions from grief, sadness to angry and both at the same time. So, um, it's been definitely challenging having to deal with that and, you know, parenting. And I really want to say, you know, kudos to the parents who had to parent, who probably did a better job at parenting than me <laughs> um, because it was hard. Um, what I am going to say, though, is the results, the vibration, how I'm feeling about um, the, um, all that's going on. So if you're again, not aware there's protests and, and it's not just protesting in the U S which is so touching. And there's protesting in many other countries, many, many other countries. I don't know all of them, um, off the back of my hand. I think UK was one of them. France, I do remember was one. Um, but there's so many other countries that are protesting and basically showing support to Americans like we stand with you. So just know that, you know, we also see that there's a problem and that something needs to change. And I think um, 
It's great that the, this movement is happening. I personally feel like change is coming. I don't know what it is. The vibrations is different. I mean, I, I know that sounds weird, but it's just something I feel, you know, and people are demanding change. And, and, and look, I, from what I'm reading, I'm hoping the information I'm getting is correct. But from what I'm reading, I see that um, laws have been put in place. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm saying this guy's name's uh, last name, right? But Cuomo in New York <laughs> came out with the Amy Cooper law. Talk about a way to publicly shame somebody. <laughs> Amy Cooper bill. Really? Uh, I'm going to say one thing for sure. Uh, nobody's ever going to name their daughter Amy. Amy's going to be out the books for quite a while. Or maybe forever. I'm not too sure, but I can't see a rise or a surge in people calling um, their daughters Amy. I could see like COVID, Corona, I don't know, but I don't see Amy being one of them, at least maybe not in the U.S. I, I could be wrong, but um, I see bills being passed. I see defunding of the police. So it, it's nice. It's great. But I think for a lot of people, they think, okay, well, we got the change that we want. We're done. Not quite. Actually, we're just starting. Um, you know, so yes, we got bills and um, yes, we got defunding of the police. And, you know, to be fair, defunding of the police can go towards other um, outlets, right? And, of course, better training. I think the, the system of the police needs to be broken down, reevaluated, and built back up in a different sense because what they're doing right now clearly isn't working. Um but some, I would say a good chunk of that money could go towards other things like schools. You know, there's a lot of inner city schools that definitely need it. You know, schools that are falling apart that could use that money um, could go towards healthcare. You know, so instead of it being like a military state, you know, I kind of find that the U.S. is heavily capitalized on police. And we already know about their jail system. It's a business about keeping those in those system. So it would be nice if they can change it. Listen, I'm the US has a lot of things that they need to look at. I'm hoping um, not just race, racial issues in the, in the States, but they, you know, their gun laws are just crazy. So they have a lot, but you know, this is a step. One of our biggest hurdles or biggest problem was race in America. And I think for a lot of people, what they were doing is that they were either turning a blind eye or making it sound or making it look like we as black people are over-exaggerating, that it wasn't that bad. When in reality, it really was that bad. And um, from my understanding, a lot of the history of blacks were not or are, are, are not in the history books. Um they don't show like the gruesomeness of it. I'm, I, from my understanding, it's like it's there, but they don't really. It's not heavily taught, heavily edu. Like the kids are not heavily educated because I'm watching videos of white kids saying that they had no idea some of the history of America because they are hiding it. Or they're, I, I'm not, maybe they are hiding it, but maybe it's more so um, they'll show what they want to show. 
right? Uh, or they want to educate you, but that's not the case. Like if you look at um, Germany, for example, they definitely talk about, you know, Hitler and the bad things that have come out of him, right? And it's not, I don't think they hide it. I don't think they put it underneath a carpet. They put it pretty much on the table and say, this is what we did. This is where we messed up. And by teaching you guys this, we don't want history to repeat itself. We want you to be the next generation that does better. And that's all I can hope for, for this generation. I hope that um, we, as a people, learn from this, really educate ourselves on this, and then find ways to make change. But here's the thing, change having change occur, it doesn't stop. It continues. So a lot of people are like, well, we did what we can. We, we protested. We did what we need to do to show our support. And it looks like everything's working. So let's dust off our hands and go back to our normal lives. But that's not how it works. It, there's still work that needs to be done. You know, um, more bills need to be passed. Um, having police be held accountable, right? Um, and another thing is definitely in order for change to occur, you need to start within your own nuclear environment. So this means your group of friends. This means your family. Listen, I'm seeing TikTok videos of, I believe, like what, 16, 17-year-olds. And these are white 16, 17-year-olds trying to have these conversations with their parents, defend us as blacks and trying to show them like they're really going in and, um, you know, trying to have these, um, moments of clarity with their family. So honestly, I applaud those who are continuing to have the discussion, have those discussion, bring awareness to people. Um, because that's the only way we're really going to see change and not only for the older generations so not only kids teaching their parents or young adults teaching their parents, but, if you are a parent and you see the injustices that are, are happening, you should also be able to teach young children. And I mean young children like the age of four, five, six, seven, young children. You know, uh, there's never um, um, an age, well, maybe I would say definitely nothing before three. You definitely can have a conversation with a three, three-year-old uh 18 month old about race. That's not going to happen, but definitely a four-year-old now's at that time. Now's the time to have the discussion of being aware. Um, so, I mean, I've got a daughter and we are going to be talking to her momentarily about, um, those things. And when my son grows up, we'll definitely have those conversations as well. But I do encourage people to talk to people and, and call them out on their bull completely call them out on their bullshit because that's the only way we're going to change the world. So um, what I was just kind of thinking to myself as, you know, the protests were happening and people, we had now had allies in our corner supporting us. It just came, came to my head that it's really too bad that we had to have another life loss for us to have this social uproar that we're having today. Like we had to get to, I want to say like the 200th homicide maybe 
by police. And don't quote me. I'm just kind of throwing numbers off my ass right now. But we had to have maybe the 200th homicide for people to finally wake up and see that there's an issue and we need to fix the issue. I mean, I so it's kind of like, it, it, it just is sad. It's really sad that we had to come to this. Another death for people to really wake up and get it. You know, and I find that for those who are actually out of deep slumber, they're really hit with the, oh my God, I've really turned a blind eye to this. And now it's kind of like they're in a state of shock when this has been our reality our whole life. Listen, anytime I hear another hashtag, my heart sinks a little bit. You know, and I know as black parents, we try to do the best that we can to educate our kids so that they come home to us safe and sound, right? I don't ever want, you know, my children, and right now they're young, but eventually they'll grow up. I think that's both me and my partner's biggest fears. It's, you know, we don't ever want to have to be in a situation where we're holding our breath because our son or our daughter is dealing with the police, you know? And then, so our, our topic of discussion changes as they get older. So at the age of four, just be more aware. And then at the age of 14 or 16, when they're driving, this is what you cannot and can, uh, this is what you cannot do. You cannot talk back to the police. You cannot be smart. You know, no sudden movement. It's 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 wild that we have to have these discussions with our children. And I think that's what a lot of us black parents are trying to show our white allies uh, or to show white people. You will never have these conversations with your kids. You won't. You know, we just want to make sure our kids get home safe, that they don't bust up an eye or that they don't um, get shot. And we have to prepare them for that. And that's, it's a scary reality because every time they leave, we're holding our breath until they come home, right? Whereas maybe white parents are thinking, oh, kids will be kids. They'll be back home tonight because they don't have to worry about that. There's no fear of that. And I mean, I am, I'm happy. I am legit uh, happier. Oh, I'm in a better place now um, than I was what, two weeks now? It's been two weeks since his passing. I'm in a better place, you know, mentally. And definitely, I just want to, you know, um, reach out to the Black people. If there's any Black people listen to my podcast, if you've been feeling heavy, I would definitely say take a time out. If it's really that bad, reach out to a professional. I'm not too sure how that's going to work in the era of COVID. I'm assuming online is how they would do it, but definitely um, take care of your mental health because it's very important. I advocate mental health as somebody who has uh, suffered from depression herself. Um, I definitely advocate it, you know? Um, so as I said, I didn't really want to get into um, the logistics or I didn't want this to be a long podcast. Really, it was just to kind of give my two cents and and how I'm feeling about the whole temperament. I'm, I'm glad to see that there are some companies who realize, you know, that there's also a problem and they're looking into their procedures and looking to see if they have their own biases or they have any sort of... Um, 
racial biases in in their workplace. I know a couple places or from friends have told me that a couple of their employers have had the discussion because I guess it was just so heavy and it's nice. It's nice to know that there are still employers out there who care and there's some that haven't probably put put out a statement or or whatever, but it's nice. Um, what I'm also liking is the contributions to the cause. You know, so companies are even contributing. Um, a couple of celebrities are contributing. Um, so that's also very nice as well that um, people are really coming together. Some are contributing towards um, bailouts. So bailouts are basically um, whenever somebody is protested and they um, get arrested, the funds that is um, um, gone to these bailout programs are used to bail people out of jail. Um, and But now that we're seeing more protesting, we're seeing more... We're really starting to see the ugliness of the police. You know, I I saw a few days ago, I don't even know how this happened, honestly. Um, a few days ago, a man was right in front of um, a police officer. One of those, like, SWAT. I want to say they're like those SWAT police officers. It was, And it wasn't like... Um, like a 30-year-old man, like this man must have been like maybe 75, an old man was in front of them. And then they just knocked him down to the floor and he was bleeding. Like, I think he ended up um, fracturing his skull or something like that. And he was bleeding and they just walked right by him. And I'm like, this is insane. You know, it's an elderly man. It's not like... You know, maybe, and mind you, they shouldn't be pushing anybody to harm themselves, but an elderly person, couldn't they have moved them to the side? So we're really starting to see the ugliness of how police, police in the country, you know, and of course there are always those videos of police saying that we're not all like this and there are police officers that are march, well, that support the poor protests or, or march with them or what have you. You know, but at the end of the day, they have a job to do, right? And if somebody gives you orders to run down those protesters, chances are that's how they're getting paid and that's how there's food going on the table. And I feel like they're going to do it, you know? So maybe some of them have good cause, but I'm a little weary, you know? And I guess maybe it's this that distrust that I have with the police, kind of like how, you know, you see it over and over that your own people are getting killed, so, yeah, there's a little bit of a distress. I, I shouldn't even say a little bit. I think a lot of black people don't trust the police, right? So um, I'm, I'm definitely sad. This has been a hell of a year. I literally feel like somebody's playing Jumanji because we are um, we're June now. And, and what are we? Are, I think we're now halfway. We're halfway to the end of the year. And, and and again, this is just halfway. We've got another six months to go. And I'm just scared. I have no idea what the next six months are going to entail. Right? Um, here in Ontario, we, um, the Premier has decided to lift up a couple um, things. So a couple stores have opened. Um, you know, we can now have gatherings. I think more uh, no more than 10 people. So I'm just kind of taking it one step at a time. Definitely now I'll say that my mental health is in a little bit of a better place than it was two weeks ago. And again, it's just because I just feel so happy that, you know, we're 
were banding together to fight the cause. Listen, I just saw like maybe earlier today, um, I think it was on my Instagram, there was a statue in the UK and this is the UK, okay? The UK where protesters took off the statue off of its pedestal, rolled it to the river and pushed it into the river. I was just like, and I'm, I'm honestly glad because um, I mean, I don't know UK history, but according to the caption, it was this statue represented a very racial or racist um, person. And the things that they did was very, it was bad. Um, I think it was along the lines of they encouraged slavery or something along the lines. And, and they have a statue of that guy in the UK, someplace in the UK. And then I saw the, I want to say the U.S. Marine I really should have my facts with me, <laughs> but I think I saw the U.S. Marine and they said that they were removing the Confederate flag, which we've been wanting for years. But, you know, people are fighting to keep that. Um, but it's, I'm, I'm, it's wild that we had to get to the point of being literally sick and tired for change to occur. You know, so there's the protesting and, you know, um, here in Ontario, we had so far I've counted. Well, here's the thing. We've had a couple protests around the city. So you've got Toronto and you've got outside of the Toronto area in the Toronto area. So Toronto, I've counted two outside of the Toronto area. I've counted, I think six, six or seven, um, um, protests. Um, and then I know I have friends still in Montreal and there was a protest there. I think there were two protests that I'm aware of right now in the downtown Montreal area. So, you know, we, we definitely behind, um, and we definitely support, but here's the thing. We're not only protesting because we want justice for George, Brianna and, uh, Ahmad, but we're also protesting for our own injustices here in Canada as well. And, you know, things need to change. Um, I'm just hoping that we will change too and um, 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 make sure that um, we're taught our history and we're taught it properly. Like when I grew up, I had no idea about residential schools. I only found out about residential schools. Um, I want to say my mid-adult, so maybe I want to say by 25, 26 is when I found out about residential schools. And let me tell you, I got like 95 in history in high school. None of that was taught, you know, so definitely things need to be, um, so I definitely think that there's a lot of work that needs to be done and it's a situation of time. Time will really show us if change is going to happen. And if it does happen, um, how quickly will it happen? You know the saying, right? Rome wasn't built in a day. So I can't expect to see change happen, like long-term effective change to happen right away. You know, we're we're doing small increments of change. So like I said, bills are being passed, defunding is happening, you know, Things people are now people uh, businesses companies are now, you know, looking at themselves through a different lens. So I know that it's 
it's, we're, we're going to get there and it's only going to take time. I just, my prayer and my hope is that it's going to come sooner <laughs> rather than later. And I'm hoping that it's going to come before my kids reach 14, 16, whatever teenage age that is. Um, but um, I do have to uh, say that me personally, I've never dealt with um, like racial profiling. Uh, and that's just because I didn't really go out a lot. I was kind of a homebody. And when I did go out, it wasn't like, it was maybe to a friend's house or what have you. Um, but I have, you know, been called the N word before. So, um, I, I mean, for me personally, I don't think I was ever equipped with, um, the tools to deal with it. My parents were, are, are, I shouldn't say where they are immigrant parents. And I think, you know, them coming to Canada, they wanted a better life for themselves as well as their children. And I don't think they knew how to have these discussions with me. And I, I think what they did is the best way is to try to shelter me. So, um, I was most likely home or, um, at a family member's house, but I think for them, their mindset is the way to keep her safe is to try to keep her in environments that is familiar. So, like I said, family members, like aunts, uncles, and try to reduce the amount of time that I'm out in the outside world. Keep in mind as well, I'm sure they had other fears as well. I am a female, so I'm sure they're afraid of, you know, any type of abuse happening, sexual abuse and all that sort of stuff. So I think they had those fears as well, and they just wanted to kind of lock me up and cage me in. But most of these instances happened when I was at school. So, you know, you have to send me to school for an education. So I guess that uh, they they had a little bit of a blind spot when it came to race. I think they were fully aware of race because they lived through the Rodney King. They lived through the O.J. Simpson stuff. So I think they knew of race and they knew that it was a problem. But I think they chose to, I guess they wanted me to be a kid and they didn't want me to think of these things. So I didn't really know how to handle myself when I had situations like that. Um, my partner, he has been racially profiled. And um, so he has more understanding of it as well as his parents do not sugarcoat nothing. You know, they're like, this is it. This is the situation. And, you know, they educated him on that. And so he is more aware of it. So I could kind of more so foresee him giving our kids the talk and the lecture. I have educated myself. I just don't know how to proceed about it. I just kind of feel like he's better at talking about these things than I am. I kind of get lost in my words. So when I get lost in my words, usually writing is the best um, way to go about it. So Overall, I just kind of want to sum up the whole um, podcast. Really, um, definitely sad that we that George had to be a victim of this. Didn't, of course, did not deserve this. Um, had we only seen, or had America only seen that there was a racial issue, I feel like maybe he wouldn't have been 
I mean, I'm I'm no no psychic, but maybe he would still be alive, you know. Um, so definitely, um, justice for George, justice for Ahmad, and justice for Brianna. I did hear a few days ago that she would have been celebrating her 27th birthday. I saw um, her last couple of tweets, and she had dreams of becoming a mother, and she wanted to hopefully uh, become a mother by the end of this year. And, you know, that was ripped from her, you know. Um, During this time, with COVID, with these deaths, it has, you know, I think it's made a lot of people, you know, question life a little bit. And for a lot of people, they're thinking, you know, I don't want to... You know, just, I don't think people want to just settle in life. And I think people are starting to have that wake-up call that life is short. You know, one day you're here. Keep in mind, Brianna was with her, I believe, her boyfriend in their house. You know, one day you're here, and then the next day you're gone. And it's more so a question of, did you live your life to the fullest? And that's what I'm, you know, I'm hoping to do, of course, once COVID is gone, but I'm, you know, want to be able to say that if God is to call me home, that I lived a very um, filling life and that I'm ready for him to call me back. So um, definitely sad, you know, um, George leaves back, uh, I believe a child, um, and a fiance, um, of course, and the child's mother. Um, so there's that. Um, and Ahmad leaves a family and Brianna obviously leaves a, bo- a boyfriend and a family as well. So definitely sad about that. And, um, definitely going to encourage my listeners to, you know, again, educate yourself and, um, continue the battle. We are winning the war, but we haven't w- won the battle yet. We still have some ways to go. And uh, so how we can do that, I'm sure you've seen many posts along it on social media. You've got, you know, educate yourself. I know a lot of white people are asking, well, what do I need to do? What do I need to read? You know what? It, think of it like you're writing a paper. You had to go to a certain source and you would find that information. So your source or your go-to is Google. Google um, racial injustices or top or no, bestsellers, New York bestseller books. If you're into books, read books. If you're into movies, documentaries, type that into Google. There, Listen, there's even podcasts about it. You know, so um, I definitely did uh, create more of a longer article um, on it on my blog, and you can find that. I will leave a link in the description box for uh, reference for you to go kind of talk about it more in details about the whole um, events and circumstances. Um, But definitely, you know, educate yourself because. In order for you to drop facts and body slam arguments, you need to have the knowledge. You need to have the information or you'll lose, right? Um, So educate yourself. Also educate yourself on the cause, right? So like I said, movements like Black Lives Matters, um, educate yourself on their their cause. And and then there's so many others. Like I said, there's a, I believe it's called the Bailout Project, um, where your money helps bail out protesters that get arrested. 
to fight. You know, if you can't be on the front line protesting, then definitely put your money where, you know, you can support it, right? I, unfortunately, I have two young children. I would be out there with a mask, social distancing, of course, um, protesting, but I can't. I got nobody to look after the, the kids. And um, I have to, I'm kind of, they like me. <laughs> they cling on to me. So when I leave, it's usually a big, a big deal. So um, I can't protest. So because I can't protest, doesn't mean I'm not going to. I continue to post. I continue to drop knowledge. I continue to educate people about um, 400 years of slavery, then from segregation, then from um, the J- Jim Crow. You know, like I tried my best to drop facts on my page, you know, so educate yourself on not only racial injustices, whether it's movies, books, podcasts, um, definitely on um, programs that are for, you know, uh, um, fighting the cause, right? And then, of course, continue to have these conversations with family members, friends, and I encourage people, if you have questions, ask your um, black friends your questions or maybe even hear out their stories of what it, what it's like to be black, right? And I said, hear them out, right? Don't be playing devil's advocate. Let me tell you, uh, the devil doesn't need you to advocate for him. He can advocate for himself. So stop. <laughs> so um, definitely do um, all of those and that will definitely help um, with the, with the movement and hopefully we'll see change. Well, that's today's episode. You can follow me on my Instagram page. Again, that's being Mimi underscore XOX. You can also follow the, um, the podcast page, which is a shot of melanin. Um, I will again put into the description box, a link to my blog And I will talk to you guys in the next podcast. Be safe. One love.